Any workout, any mood, any time. That's what the Peloton Tread is all about. From interval runs that motivate you to go the extra mile, power walks that work up a sweat, rolling hill hikes for you to enjoy, and full body boot camps to hit your goals. Plus thousands of workouts that go beyond the tread. Strength programs, core classes, yoga, Pilates, and even boxing. Everything you need on and off the Peloton Tread. Experience it all for yourself with a 30-day home trial. Learn more at OnePeloton.com. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, radio has been called theater of the mind. So let's tell a story with sound effects. <laughs> Wow, it's like I was in the story. Almost makes me forget this was supposed to be about saving big with Progressive. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. They, the fiber optic cables were under the ground and when they took them up to work on them once they were in water yeah and i'm like okay there's a problem there if you got the could uh, be a problem there <laughs> <laughs> so in this place i i think it's above ground so mm -hmm. maybe not maybe when not it gets, maybe when it gets windy it's like okay why should that affect it but yeah i don't know how all this works with the internet like completely and all the interconnections i just use it <laughs> yeah much. yeah we, we could probably have a in-depth discussion as i whirl my mind trying to understand how it does work because yeah. there is like um i do know for sure there's cables under the oceans like go from europe to north america that's really? for sure oh yeah Whoa. in fact i listened recently that um heavily funded by facebook they're building a cable from england down to i think it's eastern africa like mm. just and these are just monstrous cables but they yeah they're underwater and another wow. project where there's google and somebody else is doing a second one where it's running but far enough away from china so they won't get into issues with governments like sure. these are just sure. massive underwater cables and then they're you know nowadays they're running on lower low earth orbit satellites and yeah. then high, medium orbit like they do stuff that way but that's we're mostly running on cable that's on ground or on water underwater who knows Except there's so much <laughs> to life that we don't know about it's incredible oh, yeah. You know? yeah for sure wow how for have sure. you been how have you been since we last chatted i'm doing very well and i was like going through my mind thinking trying to remember what we were going to discuss on this particular podcast i think we we're going to kind of free roll it is that correct or did yeah we free roll questions? it i mean clearly i i'm interested in this wonder technique yeah me too I want to, because <laughs> we didn't talk about it when mm -hmm. you and i just chatted you know off air we just had a nice kind of casual conversation which is yeah. this too but um i just would like to pick up with that actually and yeah, learn more sure. about it let's and then we'll just you know we'll just let it roll you know for sure. And I just realized you're already recording. So you, the whole piece about the water and the oh, cables the is best. in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's strange, but amazing. 
Like, you know, <laughs> it kind of, you know, you jump into the conversation, people go, what is that about cables and stuff? It's it's fascinating on some level. Yeah. It's like, oh, we'll get it's back that, to it's it. that Hennessy guy, right? It's the <laughs> Hennessy guy. He knows about the cables under the water and stuff. And we're like, oh, why not? <laughs> yes, the truth is I, I do let my mind explore many, many different topics. And yeah. I love that, actually. That's great. To try and understand stuff that I really know nothing about but then actually learn enough about it to actually have a decent understanding Yeah. as against have just kind of like, Oh, I think I know. So it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, that is yeah. interesting. Well, I don't know anything about the wonder techniques, so you're going to have to enlighten me. <laughs> yes. Where would you like to start? Tell I me mean, where we can go. Where, where did this come from? Okay. The idea, like just take me to the beginning. I will take you to the inspiration the exact moment in time, actually, I will go to, but I'll skip to the precursor to it was actually okay. in the late, in the mid 90s, 95, 96, 97. My mom had a experience with cancer twice. And I just noticed I used the word experience, which is a positive phrase. Mm -hmm. in, in yeah, it's a different way to say it. Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah. And she's a strong lady and she's still alive now. And that's many years later. So she recovered with the help of many people. But what happened, Darren, was at that time, I was going through a moment in my life where I was working away. I was earning good money, but I felt off center. And so when my mom got really sick, I started to question my own behavior. And I decided to stop working for essentially a year and spend as much time as I could with her. I wasn't the only person, but I spent time with her going to visits on appointments and everything. And what I liked doing, which I've always liked doing, is trying to make complex things simple. And she was getting feedback from naturopathic doctors, allopathic doctors, nutritionists, and she was trying to kind of make sense, how should I organize this into my life? And if you, if you know anyone, even yourself personally, who when you're going through a stressful experience in your life, whether it's psychological or physiological, if you haven't prepared a lot ahead of time, the stress is even more because how do you make decisions? You know, I share with people the idea of what I like to call resilience in advance is by learning things before things happen so that when you're in a difficult moment in your life, you already have some established habits that will help you. So when my mom started to recover from what she was going through, I started to reflect a lot on what I'd learned during that period of time, plus all my education that I'd gone through before in psychology. And I started also studying more and more about nutrition and different approaches to health and well-being. And then over a period of time, actually, I went traveling to a number of countries just to kind of open my mind a little bit more, Darren. And then in 1999, I started, I wanted to assemble the information that I'd learned. And I think it was thanks to my mom, I'm pretty sure, although I don't remember the very first opportunity, I know the first event that I did to share the wonder technique, but what initially sparked it, I think it was my mom talking to friends about how I'd kind of helped her in the process. I mean, I, I consider myself minor in the process, mm -hmm. but I was there. And I remember, this is where I said I was going to lead to, I sat down on the floor in the home I was living in, and I tried to organize information so I could remember. And the wonder technique was a way for me to try and understand things and remember things, because sometimes people don't believe me, but I'm very traditionally, shall we say, introverted. I'm mm -hmm. not a person that likes to be talking in front of people. 
And to deal with nervousness and sharing, I started putting together different acronyms and ideas and images so that I could share. And the very first event that I did with a large group was actually um, adolescents. These were 160 students in the school. And I used a lot of images from when I was traveling, which really got their attention, like images from Petra, images from the Himalayas. But it also helped trigger my memory so that I knew that when I was looking at the image, for example, um, there was an image that I have in Petra of the monastery. And most people have different images from that area. But when you go up through the mountains in Petra in Jordan, I don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm, with that. I am familiar. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, And you go up, you go past um, where they, they, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, there was an image that was very epic. Yeah, great (laughs) movie. And there's actually a scene where they go into this temple that's carved inside the building. Well, you cannot go in. You know what? You go inside. Yeah, yeah. There's no inside in, in the reality. But I went on past it up onto the top where you could look down on a place called a monastery, which was another building that was carved in the side of the mountain. And I used that image and it is a trigger for my memory. And I encourage people that are listening, if you're ever trying to remember stuff, you can use an image that brings back memory to you. And Darren, in the, the presentations, and I still use this particular image, I would share with people that the Nabatinians used to live in this area in Petra over 2000 years ago, but they left the area when there was no longer water. And one of the fundamental things that helps us as human beings maintain our health and well-being, our ability to function, manage stress, manage pain, is water through hydration. And that just is a memory cue for me. So I started organizing information using images and everything, and then I continued onwards, and that's 20 years ago now. I've done a lot of presentations in between, and most of my work has been in person. But that's where it all started. Interesting. And so where did the, this is because of each wonder, it stands for something, right? It does. So can we go through like what this stands for? Yes, we can. And kind of start from there, yeah. Okay, as an overview for people that are listening, it's very, very simple, but there's a lot of depth to it. Wonder itself is an acronym for W for water, which I just touched Mm -hmm. on a little bit. And during the seminars, I will explain with people how water works. Like I can go into the science, why it's Mm -hmm. important, its impact, how it changes based upon the elevation, the temperature, all kinds of things in your body to really inspire people to understand, okay, I need to get hydrated because a lot of people know they've heard drink water, but they, they don't have the motivation until they find the reason inside of them. And I remember mm-hmm. one of my seminars, this lady, actually, it's, it's a great memory of mine, Mary, where she came up to me at a second event, Darren, and she said to me, David, you know what? I heard you before a couple of years ago, and this actually changed my life. And I was like, you know, I never think that it can change someone's life. Like, no, really, really. I used to get a lot of headaches. Mm-hmm. And of course, dehydration is not the only cause of headaches, but it was her cause. Yeah. She was a nurse who didn't drink enough water. And she came back to t- and, and she said, I needed to come here today to tell you. And I wanted to see if I could learn more. But what stuck out for me was how you explained all the different reasons why you need to drink water. And you basically convinced me of the importance of it. And I got out there and I started drinking water. So as a general overview to touch really quickly, and then you can, we can explore more. Sure. There's some areas that are much, much deeper. O is for outside activity. N is for no, no worries, the state of mind. D is for delicious, nutritious foods. 
because people won't only eat things that are nutritious, but they have to taste delicious for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. For, uh, for example, I know that green tea can be really good for people. I know a lot of the science about the phytochemicals, and but personally, I don't like the taste of green tea. Yeah. So I won't drink green tea, but I have other so solutions, no pun intended, for yeah. tea and stuff that I will drink. Uh, then E is for exercise and O is for rest, which includes everything about sleep. And I have a whole mini program about the importance of sleep. And when I developed the program originally, Darren, all the information that's out there now about sleep really was just starting. There yeah. was some stuff. But now, now still a lot of people have heard that sleep is important. You know what? If I don't sleep well, I'm going to die younger. Mm -hmm. But how to bring that into your life, how to actually establish the habits I use my approaches to motivate people by them seeing what they can do that's functional and simple in their life. Mm. Yeah, so, it makes sense. Let's start backwards with the R, with the with rest there. Yes. I don't know. I want to switch it up. Let's go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Water backwards, at the beginning, sideways. rest I don't think at we're, the end. We're going to get through everything, but that's just a gentle okay. for people to see. But there's a lot of depth beneath it. But you know what? If you can remember the acronym, people can say every day, you know, they can look at the acronym in their mind, six letters, right? There's functionality there. I picked the yeah. word not only because it's a beautiful word and I really stumbled on it because I was like trying to find an acronym to build. I'm remembering your question about rest. We'll, we'll get into that really oh, soon. Yeah, yeah. But it was also because the word is a beautiful word. Yeah. And it's not a, an unusual acronym or a fake word where people can made up a word just to remind it, but it actually sure. is, okay, have a wonderful day. Okay, did I have a wonderful day? Okay, did I drink water? Did I get outside? Did I have, you know, delicious, nutritious foods? Did I pay attention to state of mind? My no worries. Did I exercise? And have I taken the time to rest? So you can run through that protocol in your yeah. head there you go. So yeah, rest. what would you like to know about rest? Well, rest, you know, it's interesting. I had a sleep scientist on here a while back because I, I think Martha Lewis, her name okay. is, she's, uh, it's all she does with her life. She's, that's her job is mm -hmm. a sleep scientist and research and stuff. And I know a lot about rest and sleep before this, but it was just interesting to hear like the research she's doing. But my question really is, do you see that rest and sleep is becoming a larger part of kind of our lexicon of, of and people are understanding the importance of sleep more now than they ever have. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I would. I agree based upon, now, based upon the circles I roam in, but of mm -hmm. course the circle I roam in is people that already have the interest because you will That's connect right. with people that have a similarity. Right. Outside of that, when I encounter people, you know, the people have no idea what I do for work and that, I think people, they're starting to get a sense of the importance of sleep. But there's a difference between, Darren, knowing that something is important and actually mm. taking action. I like Correct. to use the phrase that Dr. Ken Blanchard said in the One Minute Manager. He said, there's a difference between being interested and committed. Hmm. You know, that's there's huge. a huge difference between there's that. There's a huge yeah. You know, your people are like, and it works on many levels. People are interested in being in a relationship with somebody, but will they commit to being in a relationship, right? You can see that people are interested in a job, earning some more money, but will they really commit to doing what it takes yeah. to get that job? People are interested in getting better health, but will they take the steps to commit to, for example, improving their health habits relating to their sleep, the routine that they have? Yeah. And, and that's the big thing. And, and it applies in so many areas of life. Like people are listening to your podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. And they're listening and they're getting a lot of information. 
but are they just interested in learning information or are they committed to it by taking action? Right. It's better that somebody takes one idea, one solitary idea from any of your podcasts, even this one today and says, okay, I'm going to engage that and see if it yeah. works. Yeah. To I, I, there's something simple yet profound about being interested and committed because people have a lot of interest it doesn't mean they're very committed to something. I mean, you could have thousands of interests, but yes. never really commit to something yes. related to that. And I think the, do you ever come across people in the discussion about rest and they are against it or they're just like, well, I just don't sleep well. I just, it's just a thing with me, you know? People that normalize their current behaviors based yes. upon their past experience. Yes. And this yes. happens in all areas of people's lives. Yes. And that's because their experience that they have at this moment in time, Darren, is based upon everything they've done in the past. Mm. So they believe that this is normal for me. And people will say, well, I, you know what, back pain. I always have back pain. Yes. I've always had, I don't remember not having back pain or I always have challenges at work interacting with people or they, they normalize what they have, which makes it so that they don't have to deal with it Yeah, because they believe it's normal. But in fact, they always have to ask themselves the question, is it normal? And I will say to people, as you move into the future, put yourself five, 10, 20 years into the future. And if you continue that habit, that you kind of have a feeling that is not an ideal experience. Like if you have a back pain, somebody has a, a back pain. A lot of people have issues with their backs now, yeah. younger and younger people. And there's multiple potential reasons for that. And I say, well, okay, imagine a simple example that you project yourself into the future and you know, you're 40, 50, 60, 70 years of age, and you can no longer bend down to tie your own shoelaces if you have great grandchildren or even grandchildren or great grandchildren, you cannot play with them. Would you really want to have that happen? And most people will, will start to get a motivation saying, no, I don't really want that to happen. So, okay, let's come back to now. It hasn't happened yet. So let's come back to now and see what habits can you establish every day that will compound over time that will make you stronger and avoid the worst case scenario happening. All right. For sure. But what are some ideas or, or habits that can be formed for, for rest, to have better rest overall in yeah. your experience? In fact, the simplest and most powerful that you may have heard from the lady you had on before, and most people can create, is a routine. Yeah. Like we have, we're great at, if we, you know, people have habits of cleaning their teeth, you know, whether it's usually in the morning or at night, not yeah. always during the day. And we make that habit and we keep it. And it also, we have physiological, environmental clues that kind of, okay, it's time for me now to do this behavior. I finished a meal in the evening, I go clean my teeth. Like there's certain triggers we have for cleaning our yeah. teeth. Well, if you can create an environment in your home that whether it's time related or environmental related, that starts to make you tune down your body and calm down for sleep. So for example, there may be a time of day that you decide that, okay, I'm going to turn the lights down just a little bit. So I'm going to put away mm -hmm. the screens, like every screen. Yeah. I'm going to turn off the TV. I'm going to turn off the laptop. I'm going to turn off the phone. So that psychologically what happens is, yes, I mean, there's all the story around blue light and the impact on our system. Yeah. But it, it triggers a habit to your body to say to slow down the mind. Yeah. Okay? 
And then uh, I mentioned about the lighting because this lady probably mentioned to you and some people listening, but maybe you were, is the melatonin. Melatonin in our body helps trigger all the systems that help us go to sleep. And it is disactivated, turned off by light. So your environment, when you want to sleep better in your established routine, you make, for example, the environment that you sleep in, the room that you sleep in as dark as humanly possible. Yeah. If you sleep with somebody that doesn't like to be in the dark for whatever reason, then you're going to have to put something on your eyes to make Mm -hmm. sure that you're dark. Some people, like I can see you have darker eyes than I do. Mm -hmm. Some people that have darker eyes actually can sleep in a brighter room. I haven't seen any science on that, but it kind of yeah, makes a lot of sense to ask people hmm. because there's a different way that they deal with sunlight. Some people can handle sunlight outside a little bit better depending on the color of their eyes. I haven't found any hard science on that, but yeah. to me, it's oh. a curious question. It is a curious question. I never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. So but you want to make your room dark so you get curtains that block out all the light. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the first thing. You want to make sure that your, your room is in a temperature like in... So you're in centigrade, so in the in the mid 60s, if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay, or in Fahrenheit, I think it's 16, 70 degrees Celsius. So it's not too cold, but it's not too warm because that helps the onset of sleep. And actually, I, I'm mentioning some of these things, and I have a um, a better sleeping checklist that I give people for free. I don't know if I sent it to you, but it's a package that people get when they go to my website. Yeah, and that's a, a checklist they can print off or they keep on their phone or keep wherever where to remind them of making sure the room is dark, making sure it's the right temperature, you know, making sure as best that the air is fresh, you know, so the whole environment is conducive to them settling down for sleep. And a bed of course is really important, making sure that people invest in a quality bed that's comfortable and finding a position, which um, I'm no specialist on this, but people sleep in different ways. Some people will sleep better <laughs> on the side. Some people will sleep better on the side with a pillow between their legs. Yep. But find a position that's comfortable because some people, for example, if they lie on their back, they wake up with a back pain in the morning. That's true. So you need to be aware of when you wake up in the morning, how, do, how does my body feel? And the impact in the morning is, is that when you wake up, if you feel like, you know, let's say you get up at six, seven o'clock in the morning. If you're, you need to drink coffee at by 10, 11 o'clock in the morning to keep you going, that mm. means you didn't have enough sleep, right? You should wake up with energy. If yes. you're not waking up with energy, there's a couple of things to back up. I didn't mention we can talk lots as my brain starts to bring up. Its, <laughs> it's, own it's percolating now. <laughs> yeah. It's starting to percolate now. Yeah. Is that the night before the amount of time between when you eat and when you go to sleep is most important. definitely. Yeah. So you understand this. And this oh my goodness. Not everybody yes. thinks about this. They say, I'll have a bed night, a bedtime snack. Your digestion doesn't work when you're lying flat. So it, it's really also hard in your system because during sleep, your body just does a lot of cleansing and work mm-hmm. and assimilation, both of emotions and all kinds of stuff that's going on. So you don't want it focusing on digestion, which is an energy burner. So you kind of, your protocol of, of routine, just is, you know, you turn off the phone, turn off the computer, you calm down, maybe you read a book, you, you maybe do some quiet meditation, whatever is that works for you as well. You quit eating, you know, and uh, if you're drinking anything, you drink some water, but not too much water before you go to sleep. Exactly. You know? <laughs> They're really such simple principles. They are. But you could, you can, you have to make the habit. And yeah. I think that one of the best and most simplest ways is that you look in the morning and say, you know, you have your, your little journal in the morning. I have a journal that I use every morning, wake up and 
if I if I was working on sleep as a better a better habit, I would write down how do I feel this morning, rate it yeah. on a scale of one to ten. Okay, I feel really good. Okay, was there something that I did exceptional last night different? Or is it the same stuff I'm doing all the time? No, yeah. it's the same stuff every time. Perfect. And then when I have a bad night's sleep, look at it and say, what happened? What could be the clue? Did I go to bed angry? Did I go to bed mm. after drink, having a meal too late? Was I drinking some form of stimulant later in the day? So you can kind of pinpoint what these things are and if need be adjust it. Most definitely. I would say... Uh, for me, I'm very clued into all these things. So yes. I really, especially, you know what the funny thing is, I think a lot of people are getting hip to a lot of these things, but I think that the eating and the type of bed is not always talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes like, I forget, I've had two sleep scientists on, but there's crazy stuff out there like uh, blue light uh, blocking makeup. <laughs> stuff. Of, I mean, like, it's like yeah. crazy stuff that is being yeah. invented to keep people from the blue light from getting in. But I think the eating thing is really important because like for me, like I, I don't eat past like 6.30. Yeah. Uh, because I know what that means. If I eat too late, if I drink too much, I'm gonna be going to the bathroom constantly and I'm gonna have interrupted sleep. Yes. Which is not great for me. So I th- it's forming these habits and then evaluating what's going on with that. I think sleep is so crazy. It's so important, it, but we've had so this strange weird. relationship with it especially with kind of what we've propped up with like successful people as like, Oh, they never sleep. They're always working on stuff. And I never understood that. Like why we would praise people who barely sleep. And And some of them are actually, shall we say almost lies because like, for example, Thomas Edison, I don't know if you've ever seen this for those people listening afterwards, jump on the search engine and go look for the following. I encourage you. Thomas Edison was known that he, he didn't sleep much, he, but he was a great napper. How great of a napper? There is proof on the online because there's photographs in, in some of the historical museums in the U.S. He had a sleeping cot or bed in his workshop, in his library, all over the place. So he wasn't the person who people used to think he didn't sleep at all. No, this guy was sleeping in batches and quite a bit. Uh. Now, not everybody can batch sleep, but you know what? It's something that is a big difference from saying the person doesn't sleep to the person that actually is sleeping, but you don't know that they're sleeping. Mm. So, and he used that technique, which is really very interesting. He used this technique to help resolve ideas, questions that he had. So he knew, Edison knew, he wasn't the only person, but he knew that if you had a problem, you sew it in your conscious mind, and then you go to sleep with it, and then you wake up potentially with a solution for it because you've let your whole brain work on it and the good sleep research out there now does talk about this about how the students that are training for exams and then they go through sleep and then they're tested again on the information do better than students who for example had no sleep in between now of course it's important for the consolidation of the memory that takes place which typically takes place in the REM sleep Okay, so you have when you're awake during the day, we've got all this input, and then we have non-REM sleep, which is kind of like pulling out the weeds. You know, I like mm-hmm. to say it that way, just getting rid of the stuff or organizing yeah, the, yeah. the information. Then when you go into REM sleep, everything gets kind of organized by the brain. It's like, okay, this is supposed to be here. This is supposed to be there. So there's something incredibly powerful uh, about this, as you mentioned. And, and I wonder about all these people that people have idolized that don't sleep much. Is is true. I think in a lot of cases, it's possible that these people 
weren't really telling the truth yeah, or, no, yeah. or long-term they damaged themselves. I remember a lady yeah. a, a couple of years ago, actually a few more than a couple of years ago, I was going out in a school event with one of my sons and we were sitting on the bus together when the parents go and she was a, a flight stewardess. And she told me about this pilot she'd known for years who was so proud of the fact, now this is not good, he's a pilot who slept like four hours a night no. and he just kept on going. And she told me that he'd recently told her he is so sick, like he had immune, like all kinds of problems, a version of cancer, all kinds of stuff yeah. bottled in because his body finally burnt out. And when you know about sleep, which you do too, and perhaps mm -hmm. quite a few people listening, when you know about the physiological benefit from sleep, you then understand, ah, okay, this is why the body gets worn out. Yes. And you can't definitely. replace sleep by, for example, meditation. I don't think so. No. No. It's not the same thing. You can harmonize your mind, but your body needs to completely shut down and actually go into this condition that it needs to be in. Most very rare to reach REMs, REM level, like alpha level and that as a, as a meditator, you know, uh, it's very difficult. You know, yeah. The um, alpha, theta, that's very, very deep meditation. The average person wouldn't be able to do that. And in sleep, you get that. Yeah. I mean, you would need many, many years to achieve that level of meditation yeah. to get to that, which, you know, people are generally not willing to commit to that many years. Yeah, we talked about that. You know what I mean? Sure. They may be interested in that. Like I'm interested in that. Like in my mind, I go, oh, how great would that be? I'm really not committed to it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'll just go yeah. to sleep, yeah. you know, for that. I'm going to jump with a question okay. here, jumping in a question here, Darren, because you mentioned that you stop eating at 630. And yeah. this reminds me of something where that could fit into, perhaps you practice this time restricted eating, mm -hmm. where people do that, where they eat, for example, there's a 24 hour clock, but they only eat within an eight hour time frame. Do you yeah. practice that? I practice primarily just eating when, well, let me jump back. I try to eat just when I'm hungry or- okay depends on it, um, what I'm doing that day. So like three to four days a week, I'm having pretty hard workouts. And so my eating changes based off of what I'm what my exercise is for okay. that day. Okay. Because I, I've experimented with of like, listen, if I eat this thing, I don't feel good when I work out. When I eat this thing, I feel great when I work out and I need to eat by this time. Like when I work out, always I work out like 5 p.m. with a client of mine and okay. I have to be done eating by like noon have to yes anything beyond that I've I've just played with it I don't feel good when I work mm -hmm. out I don't have enough fuel for I just it's a personal thing but when I eat out of that time and I eat like a salad or something I feel great and tremendous energy if I'm not eating not working out in that day then it's drastically different. I may not, I may not eat till, you know, 10, 11 o'clock. It just depends how I feel. Am I hungry? Am I not hungry? You know, and different things. This, this is something very valuable that you've touched on, Darren. And this is the idea of being aware of how your body feels after yes. eating. Because when I, when I did my first and probably my only, I did it as a test for myself, a fun test marathon. And when I trained for it, this was after I'd had the back injury and I couldn't yeah. walk for six. That story that we talked about before. One of the things that I did on the training was, is that I gradually accumulated distance, the compounding effect. But what mm -hmm. I used to do is I would eat the longest runs I would do will be on Saturdays and I would have dinner on the Friday. But when I got up in the morning, I never ate. Yeah. 
And if I found that I even if ate the smallest amount of food, I just felt like, God, I uh, like it, yeah. it just totally impeded my ability. Yeah. I was running on an empty stomach and I would drink water for sure. I had water with me, carried a water bottle with me, but I had like lots of energy. And that's something for people to tune in. There's something about the sleep. And there's yeah. also something about people thinking I have to eat. Right. That's another huge, that's a habitual thing. That's a habitual you know, thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like even, you know, knowing that, um, it's lunchtime, but I don't feel hungry. Well, then yeah. you don't eat. But but it's lunchtime. I should eat. No. You, if your body doesn't need food, then you're okay. And I've experimented yeah. with not eating for like two days to see what happens. Wow. And I, you know what? What's really interesting? I'm fine. There's a the little bit of a kind of a, what you can feel like the body gets a little bit hungry and then it kind yeah. of body falls into a state. But what's really interesting about this is that there's been circumstances where for some reason in my life that I've had a long period of time, like eight or 10 or 12 hours during a day where I didn't have access to food, whether it was out uh, hiking or something like that. Yeah. And because I know that I have not eaten, like when I say not eaten, meaning just had water for yeah. 12 hours or, or actually two days, I know I'm, I'm not going to die. Like, I mean, right. quote unquote, I'm yeah. not a doctor. Don't pretend to be a doctor. Sure. So people, if they do stuff like that, you have to, you know, do your medical supervision. But if you are able to see where did, you know, the resilience, the strength is in your body, you'll be surprised sometimes. You'll be yeah. like, wow, I can keep going. I mean, before I did the marathon, I thought I was never a runner. I was a hiker. I could do 20, 30 kilometers, you know, yeah. a, a day, but I'd never ran. I was not a runner. But I found that I could train my body over time by accumulating distance and not being concerned about what other people were doing in the training, yeah. what actually worked for me. So what you mentioned there is really important about the timing of when we eat and being aware of the impact of the food. Yeah, like, I, I think it's big. This, I think it's been a big, huge issue. You've just touched on something that is profound. I think it was I think we're told, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You're yeah. told breakfast, lunch, dinner. But I always question that. I go, well, I mean, I remember like one of the biggest changing points for me is I, I like to cruise. I mean, there's no cruising right now, but I still, I love cruising. And that's just like a crazy environment for eating. Going, oh, It's on an cruise. eating fest. It's a, just yeah, an explosive on one, one. eating. One, I've been on like 10. I love them. Okay. <laughs> but okay. but I, know how to op I know how to operate myself on them. Yeah. I know how to, because it's almost like you eat breakfast and all of a sudden lunch just comes up very quickly yeah. and you're not hungry. You would, mm -hmm. you eat because you're told this is, you know, it's lunch. You're supposed to yeah. eat during lunch and you're still not hungry again. Then you're oh, it's dinner time. I should be your eating. Stomach is full all your the time. stomach just full constantly and you feel terrible. And I remember thinking this was like when I was in my twenties, I was like, I don't like feeling like this. Yeah. This is like a bad feeling to always feel like I need to lay down and try to breathe because I can't breathe. Like it's, and so I remember I started going on cruises and I would, I would have breakfast when I started feeling hungry. And mm -hmm. then like lunchtime, I wouldn't eat it because I was like, well, I'm just not hungry. I'm not going to eat when I'm not hungry. And the thing is, because people have paid for it, it's an all-inclusive package. Yes. Like, I'm not getting my value. <laughs> I want my I'm money's worth. Eat. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I want to eat a huge exactly. plate. Yeah, I would just skip it. And I'll be like, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel bad about it. And Which then I would great. have an amazing dinner because I was like actually ravenous by dinner time. I was like, I yeah. need to eat. And it just made eating better. 
because yes. I really enjoy the social experience of eating, but not when I'm full. I don't want to eat when I'm full. So I really started paying attention to that. And then now I get into times where I will eat like the other day, I didn't eat for like 16 hours straight. Yep. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, basically a form of fasting on some level, yeah. you know, and mm -hmm. I was fine. And then I was like, oh, I got to work out, you know, at this time tomorrow, I got to eat something. I just start this process a little bit because I know how I feel if I don't do this, you know. Yeah. But it wasn't like I don't subscribe to the 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 labels of eating time labels. You know? Yes. Just I wanted to throw it out there because there's, there's a lot of in people's minds. There is different understandings as to the terminology, intermittent fasting, sure, time restricted, so exactly. forth. Something else I wanted to touch on there, as you mentioned about the foods and that, is what really simple things I will put towards people. I'll say, you know what, pay attention to what you eat. How often do you eat the same food? And they'll say, well, give me an example. I'll say mm. the traditional breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A person gets up in the morning, you think in North America, and what do they have for breakfast? Cereal. What is it often sure. made of? typically wheat at lunchtime they have a sandwich hmm what kind of bread wheat <laughs> at dinner time what do they have maybe pasta what is it made from wheat <laughs> in general so they've had three meals that day yeah. with wheat and everyone now would they like think about it would they have broccoli at breakfast broccoli at lunch broccoli at dinner probably uh... not so sometimes people don't recognize with all due respect that they're eating large amounts of the same type of food yeah and we won't get into the the quality of sure. wheat nowadays you know but the whole idea is just to be aware like what you're talking about how does that feel in my body mm -hmm. you know what if i stopped eating wheat and used a different grain and how does my body feel yeah like because some people that for example are gluten intolerant you know people who have quote unquote celiac disease yeah Having something that has gluten in it is disastrous for their bodies. Yeah. But some people may find, you know, see your doctor, see your nutritionist, whoever you need to find out that maybe a certain food that you're eating just doesn't work in your system. Yeah. Yeah. Most, and most something definitely. else is better. And why not experiment? You got to experiment. I mean, you yeah. have to experiment. I think that's a big thing. It's like when, you know, somebody says, well, I went on this diet or that diet. I'm like, who knows? You got to experiment, man. You got to, yes. what works for you? What approach? How does it make, I've always gone, I have a great friend who's a chef, of my, a chef friend of mine. And he was always like, just how does it make you feel? Start with that. How does it make you feel? Yeah. If you know, if you know ahead of time, Hey, I'm going to go out. I'm going to party a little bit. You know, you can still make good choices or you could say, Hey, I know I'm going to make some probably not great choices tonight. <laughs> I'm going to deal with it. You know, and, but you got to know that ahead of time, like not be yeah. surprised by like, oh, I feel terrible. I'm like, and yeah, you're now touching on something psychological, darn. Pardon me. Did I interrupt you? No, no, no please okay. go. Is that our relationship with food? This is where like the wonder technique crosses over all over the place. We're yeah, talking about sleep yeah. a little bit. We're talking about food, nutritious, delicious yes. foods. We're talking about the state of mind. No worries. Because when people feel guilty about the food that they're eating, like, oh gosh, I love the taste of chocolate. I can't eat chocolate. Well, actually, you know, it depends on, let's say when you mean chocolate, what do you mean is what I will ask somebody. Mm -hmm. But you know, if it's dark chocolate, which is seven, you know, 70, 80% cocoa, mm -hmm. no extraneous solutions. And then some natural sugar in there that's binding it together. Maybe cocoa butter is binding it to better as well. Okay. That's one form as against really industrialized version of chocolate. So right. it all depends on what you're referring to, but if you, you know what you say to somebody, well, why would you need to feel guilty about the food that you're eating? 
just make a decision like you mentioned you go to the party i don't always eat that kind of food but i will just eat it on this evening yeah or might eat a little bit more but i know that you know 80 percent of the time my habits are solid yes i yes. can give myself a buffer you know yeah. i use the percentage 80 it's just a number but sure. it's like so yeah. you know generally speaking that um, you have certain routines your sleep patterns your eating patterns and honestly i have to remind people not to stress about these habits but make yeah. them a part of their lives like for me the wonder technique not only have i been sharing it for 20 odd years but I've been doing it for 20 odd years. One of my friends, she says, you are the wonder technique because that's what I do. <laughs> like, it's like, it's part of me. And I, when people ask me questions like you do, I have to start thinking about, okay, what, you know, relationship to my life. You could just tell me, you know, somebody can walk into my home and they could see what I'm talking about is actually reflected in my home yeah. environment. Yeah. So everything is situated. Like the foods that you have available are related to whatever you have set up as a routine, like for sleep, you know, um, when people look about making a habit about, you know, you're obviously very keen and very good at exercising and you have mm -hmm. your routine, your practice with your clients and for yourself. Well, you make it just like sleep routines. You make the habit. The simple thing. First thing in the morning is probably yeah. the better time for most people if they can to exercise. So you make yep. sure that you're ready for that when you wake up in the morning. Your exercise is your runners are there, your shoes are there, whatever. Mm -hmm. You give yourself a plan of action. So you're not just interested, but you're committed to doing it. There and you, you create that habit again, right? <laughs> you're not just so, interested, you're committed. It comes back yeah, all the time. <laughs> all the time. So you, and, and you start building, like for me, like, you know, we're talking and I, here's, you know, I got water here. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So it's available. That's another issue is that you have to make sure things are available for you. I'm a big uh, believer in people can't really carry around a glass bottle, but a stainless steel bottle <laughs> yes. in their car so that it's available because yes. you know what, we're not traveling around as much right now, maybe more now than we were even six months ago. Sure. But the, when you're traveling in a car, in the bus, in a taxi, wherever you are uh, in the world, what if you're thirsty and you've got no access to water? Mm -hmm. So bring, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a pint or a liter of water with you, but enough water that you've got access to it that if you feel thirsty, because yeah. the best time to drink water is not actually at meal times, it's between your meal times. Right. That you might be drinking. Right. So you need to have it accessible. So I will share with people ideas about why you need to drink water. You decide, convince yourself, but make it accessible. And that goes to the whole idea again about exercise right mm -hmm. so you can move from interest to commitment when it comes to the idea of you know healthy mind habits having a nice book that you enjoy reading when you're settling down in the evening having that book available preferably non-digital you yeah. know um, the technologists are watching listening and go no but really oh. <laughs> something very different for having a book where you turn the pages yes. and you you yes. know it's there's something that's the human human part right it's like we're yeah. we that's older uh, so we feel good about that. And I believe that this resonates with a lot of people. This is what I hear from people that I tr yeah. try and pull away from the complex, like you mentioned about special systems, blue, you know, anti-blue light makeup, sure, yeah. blue light systems. I try to say, listen, what can you do at this moment in time to improve your sleep that you have all the tools around you currently? Right. No yeah. financial investment needed, just a mental commitment needed. Yeah to bridge everything because there's many people in many, many parts of the world that don't have access to the systems or don't have the funds to do it. And I still think that you can change your habits in many environments to make yourself healthier and stronger, both mentally and physically. And the, the side benefit to that, which is a huge benefit, you end up with a higher capacity to focus, 
more mental clarity, more energy. And that tails into what you're talking about. You know, you know where your energy level is because you know when you eat at certain times, what happens. Yeah. And that allows you to be a better coach to your clients. Yes. Yes. Which means your clients are going to be happier. They're going to want to work with you more. <laughs> They're going to want to pay you more. They're going to want to sell you yes. more clients. So this is where it's like the fundamentals of health and well-being and personal development actually make us better at our work. Yes. What I find is really quite interesting is I'm not convinced. I'd love to be convinced that a lot of people think it's still not that important to our professional environment to take care of our health and well-being. That's it's crazy. an interesting thing, but they're not <laughs> committed to it. Yeah, they're very like, really, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I need to know how to to use social media better. Do I need to sleep better? No, that's not that important. <laughs> that's what I get from people. Like, why would I want to do fascinating. that? Fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. And the, yeah. your capacity to be creative is directly related to your mental energy, which yes. is directly related to your health and well-being. Like if you're sick, how creative can you be? Right. You're focused on trying to get better. Because yeah. You're like, I, I got to sleep. I got to do something to feel better. Yeah. It was interesting back on, uh, I want to jump on the no worries thing in a second. But yeah, I thought it, you made me think of something like this morning, I got up and I was so hungry. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was like, it like woke me up. I was, okay. and I was like, this is hunger. Yes. And I had to eat. Now, the morning before that, I didn't feel like eating anything. I didn't, I didn't have the, so I just, it's so I didn't prescribe to, uh, I must eat when I get up. I must do this. I just felt it. Yeah. I listened to myself I'm like, uh, no, I don't want anything. And I think it's just, we're not doing that enough. We're not, we're just basically saying, check into more to breakfast, check into lunch. We're just, we're just, we're just checking off the box. Yes. Doing that. But in going to the no worries thing, maybe one of the more interesting aspects of all the acronyms, because it, it can seem kind of like out there in some sense, like, well, just don't worry, you know, but, but take me into a deeper sense of no worries and what you mean by that. Okay. No worries. You know, and I have to be honest with you. It's a state of mind, calmness. And I believe the original phrase, we often heard it from people from Australia. Hey man, no worries. No right? worries. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a state of mind. It's a happiness. And it matches with the acronym, WONDER. Uh, simplicity is always in David's mind. But yes. what that's all about, you get a state of mind of no worries. And actually, you know what? I have this feeling, it just kind of swells up in me, a kind of feeling of mm. happiness and contentedness. But I know that this doesn't come from nowhere. And part of the practice is to maintain in this world that we live in and without exposing anything else that's going on in my life around me, people that I know that are not doing well and things like that right now, I frame my day beginning and end in a very specific way that anybody listening can adapt in their own life. And I like to share this. And this really helps you create a state of mind that will bring you more peace during the day. And how it works just, there's a couple of clues that we've talked about a little bit already, Darren, is that as we wake up in the morning, if for people listening, if you think of the acronym BAT, B-A-T, we move our brain waves through from deep sleep, which is delta, but you're moving normally through theta, alpha, beta. So that's T-A-B, but it's easy to remember BAT. So okay, beta is like where we're alive or now we're going, you and I are in beta mm -hmm. and we're, we're talking, we're active. But we're transitioning from that low activity of brain waves, which is almost like a doorway 
to the subconscious mind. So as I wake up in the morning, the protocol that I have and that I developed is simply making it really simple without getting too much detail right now, is I think about the things that are valuable and important for me in my life. My physical well-being, mm -hmm. my relationships, okay? The career, the, the, the gift that I'm bringing to this world, okay? I'm thinking about also my, how can I maintain those habits during the day? And where I want to, what I want to bring about to that day. And I, I focus on them like real time, like they're a film. Like I see, and I'm grateful for, I'm li lying in bed still. I'm just waking up and I'm thinking about my good friends and how grateful I am for mm -hmm. that experience. So as I start to wake up, the very first thing I do is I take a notepad. I've got bunches of them now. And I write down five things, just five things that I'm grateful for. It can be, you know, had a good night's sleep. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the podcast. I know that I remember that this morning I wrote down, I'm grateful for this podcast that's going to happen today. Right. Like I preempt things happening. So I'm grateful. I have gratitude in advance is what I like to say. Gratitude so, in advance. Yeah. So I'm thinking about things before they happen. Now notice one of the things I'm mentioning, pardon me, one of the things I'm mentioning to encourage people is these don't have to be epic things. It's not like I met, you know, the love of my life. I won, you know, the, the lottery or I got this brand new house or car. It doesn't, it does, these are small, simple things that you're just grateful for. I have food to eat. My children are well, all those things. What you're doing is you're setting your mind up first thing in the morning in gratitude, which is also in a state of mind of contentedness. You're happy for where your life is at because you don't know what that day is going to bring, right? So you're framing the day from this end. And as you, when I go to sleep at night, I do the reverse. I write down five things that I'm grateful for that happened during the day. doesn't have to be complicated, but you can, I can always find something. And then as I go to sleep, I do exactly the reverse. As I start to drift to sleep, I'm thinking about all the things that I love and appreciate in my life. This allows me as I move into sleep to bring in happy, peaceful thoughts and not to go sleep angry. So my sleep is going to be better, healthier. And you know what? If I'm dreaming about something really positive in my life, you know, some experience that's happened or I want to see have happen and I fall asleep, in other words, I don't actually go complete that mm -hmm. dream. That's okay. Yeah. Because it's not an essential item that I complete that visualization of whether, you know, like you, you say you love going on cruises. If you're visualizing the next cruise. Oh yeah. You're just, you're having that happen, but you're, you're bringing into your mind as you go to sleep into your subconscious mind, these positive experiences. Au contraire, the opposite people can do is as they go to sleep, they're thinking about an argument, something didn't work, mm -hmm. something they read in the media, something, you know, oh, this isn't right. They're carrying that tension and everything into their sleep as they go to sleep. Yeah. You know, this is not good. And in oh, fact, definitely. I recommend you write down the positive things. Don't, if you write down the negative things before you go to sleep, you're actually reinforcing them. Mm. If you want to do that, don't do it just before you go to sleep. Okay. You can download stuff onto your journal earlier, but in my personal experience, the things you do just before sleep, once again, it's part of the sleep routine, mm -hmm. really. But you know, you see, it's related to the no worries. Like everything, right. this is why I call it a holistic personal development program because everything overlaps, everything inter, you know, interpollinates, crosses over. There's an impact. My ability to sleep well will be based upon my level of hydration, what my state of mind is like. When did I eat? What did I eat? You know, and then my ability to exercise properly will be based upon how did I sleep well? Am mm -hmm. I hydrated? What's my state of mind? Do I like this exercise? 
see how everything yeah. you know it's all together right? yes yes for it's sure it, and it's this all is connected I the, yeah i think that the the thing i really want to bring to the world is for people to see how all these things are connected and you can't silo them out there's too much out there that silos these things out i agree one of these things is enough <laughs> yeah. i don't agree I'm I mean, going to be creative. Totally you no, know, but like you said, people are like, oh, well, I'm, my goal is to be creative and be on social media and do all these things. I don't need sleep. You know, people yeah. say that. It's like, no, no. Why, why would you look at that in a very limited form? All these things feed each other mm -hmm. for that. And if you are able to have wellness in each one of these areas, you're living a really good life. I mean, and man, but and also understanding that there's times you're just, you know, you're going to do stuff that's maybe not part of that, <laughs> you know, it's like, eh. these are hey, experiences, it's just yeah. experiences, you know, it's like it, things I, I, I understand, I'm going to have some experiences outside of this well being, you know, they're, they're not common. But mostly, if I'm adhering to this, I'm going to have a wonderful life, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna have wonder, like, that's what it drove me to it's like, I love the word wonder. Mm -hmm. and the sense of awe and wonder and i think yeah. some of we don't have enough wonder in our lives oh, yeah. you know we need that we need to wonder about things and and have that sense of it more often almost a childlike curiosity and wonder about our existence you know well, you know what this is something that just my mind i have my brain has notifications my phone has got them all <laughs> my phone has got them all turned off but my brain yeah, has yeah. Just pop Same up. Here. what you're just yeah. saying about wonder is that i talked to somebody i just met recently and she was telling me about how she can sit and look at a flower for and just really mm -hmm. pay attention to it and when she described what she was going through at that experience i went like this is how people describe mindfulness but yes she wasn't talking about i'm being no. mindful no. she says i just appreciate the beauty of yeah. the flower yeah and i was i was listening to her telling this and you could see that she was really in the moment when she was explaining this experience and i was wowed by that because i thought that's so cool because we lose that wonder mm -hmm. Of the world around us because yes. the natural world and even the people in the world we have we're all exceptional human beings we yeah. all have something we bring to this world and we can disempower ourselves by thinking we don't but we do yeah and and the natural world around us is incredible like it how is. it evolves and how it changes and how it, it is. is forms and everything and you just have to go look at like a plant and you can say like, how does that happen? This tiny little seed? And then, you know, I was saying it to one of my children the other day. I said, isn't it amazing? Like, you know, there's one human cell and it became you. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, we are, as human beings, we are incredible. Yes, like, we are the wonder in many ways. Uh, you know? uh, how does this happen? That's incredible. So we can get a deep appreciation. In fact, sometimes I remember, and I, and I do this consciously, when I walk, I will think about, wow, the mechanics of walking. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And yet I do it automatically now. But isn't yeah, that yeah. When yeah, you think about it's it, true. like we're talking, putting words yeah. together, making sentences. Yeah. These are all, we have so many things to, like, if you want to put down your gratitude list, it'd be endless. Like, I'm so grateful for my capacity to communicate, my capacity yeah. to listen, my capacity to see. It's incredible, right? I mean, I was just talking about this, I think yesterday on one of my podcasts about how like, I do a presentation, like in the fitness community about virtual fitness work and past, present, past, present and future digital technologies. And, okay. and I remember of like, 
I told the story of like when I, I loved watching Back to the Future when it first came out and stuff. And, and part story, two, yes. when they're talking on their video conferencing on a TV and he gets fired. I remember thinking that would be mind blowing if we could actually do that. And I'm like, I'm doing that right now. That's and yes. everybody's doing it. Yes. There's some wonder in that. There's a like, how does that even happen? You know, it's yes. like just taking the time to say, I'm in awe that this actually exists and yes. that I can use that to talk to people like David Hennessy, who I probably wouldn't have access to talk like this, you know. For sure. And, and it's so an honor for me to talk with you because, yeah, without this undersea cables we talked about undersea the cables yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the process of of you know having you on the on the screen in front yeah. of the top it's like it's as close as we can get to have a conversation with somebody in a room but you're on another part of the world and exactly. I, and i think of that when i talk to some of my family members we're on the other side of the world and you talk on the phone or it's like that's incredible it's instantaneous. Think about yeah. it. It's literally instantaneous. Yeah. I talk, you hear me. It goes back and forth like, yes. like that. And yes. though we are in different time zones, thousands and thousands of miles apart, it yes. seems impossible. Almost. Yes. It's, it's, it's incredible. But David, this is crazy, man. This is amazing. I'm very into it. I knew we were going to have a good conversation when we talked last time. So thank you, man. Thank you very much. I very much appreciate your time and the great questions you asked me and gave me a chance to share and explore more the wonder technique. And yeah, that's great. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the rate and review section. Thanks, everyone. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, there is a nice piece of stock music playing behind me that a talented composer worked really hard on. So let's enjoy it. Wow, almost overshadows the saving big when you switch to Progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show, and you definitely got tickets. And drinks. Now hurry and make it back to your spot. Pass this person and that person. About 20 more. Ooh, watch out for feet. Hey. Just keep going. A little further. Oh, there's your friend. Over here. Right where you want to be. Close enough to see the set list. And they're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it.